welcome, welcome to another episode of the Y Sports Podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Hey, 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 it's the Big D. Pause. Pause. Don't start that today. <laughs> you said it, not me. Come on, man. Anyways, I woke up this morning. I had, I'm off work today, right? Um, this week was supposed to be a very, very special week for me. Um, most of you guys know I'm a huge Ohio State fan. So this week is referred to as the game week for reasons none other than we get to beat on, beat up on that team up north. And uh, I woke up kind of late because I'm off work, and I woke up to some disturbing news that Khaki Pants has canceled the game. Hey, 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 the big game is off this week. <sighs> I, I feel like any time I don't get to see Ohio State play when it's supposed to, my week just never goes the way I want it to. And today was just earth-shattering. I went and got a haircut to try to make me feel better. I just don't feel any better than I should. Well, it's a big rivalry uh, game. Also, it's big in recruiting for both teams. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You just did this a, a huge disservice. This is the greatest rivalry in all the sports. Okay, that, that, that's well said. But it's also a big recruiting game for both states. Um, you understand Ohio, Michigan has stolen a lot of great players from Ohio. Sure. Uh, especially two of their Heisman Trophy winners out of the three they have, yeah. Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson, both from Ohio. And you know what? Every time I, I, I hear Charles, Charles Woodson and, and Desmond Howard are two different, you know, human beings, obviously. But I think Charles Woodson is – not so much of a Michigan homer like Desmond Howard. I appreciate Desmond Howard because every chance he gets, he he just craps on Ohio State. And the feeling is mutual. Unlike Kirk Herbstreet, who just acts like he never went to Ohio State. Come on, bro. Well, he plays the neutral card too well. Well, he works for ESPN, who's right. owned by the, you know Disney. And uh, the SEC Network is also owned. Up there too, so I can understand that. But still, Urban Meyer works for FS1, and he he acts like he's never coached anywhere else but Ohio State, and I love that about him. But anyways, like you said, all of the success as far as Heisman Trophy winners have come from the state of Ohio, and just to hear this news, we may not ever, in the near future, get to see another Heisman come out of the state of Ohio, just because games like this are games that usually add to your resume as a Heisman candidate. And Justin Fields is that front runner for us uh, this year. So he may not get that marquee game. Maybe it'll come in the Big Ten Championship, but with the rules as they are right now, he may not even get to see that game. Well, hopefully what they what they will do is, like they said, with the average games, if they all average out to where uh, it doesn't make a big difference, then Ohio State will still be in the Big Ten Championship. My only concern is – how it may affect us in the overall scheme of playing for the college football championship. Right. Because not just being a, a homer, I have Ohio State in, in the championship against Bama. Now, Clemson has kind of looked a little shaky. Um, they've looked shaky with Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Um, they lost to Notre Dame, who was, who was 
pretty good this year, and but barring remember, none, if they don't lose to them again in the ACC championship. Remember, that was without the, Trevor Lawrence. It was. I think Trevor Lawrence makes a huge difference, but DJ Ugalele, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, he he threw for over 300 yards, had a spectacular game for his first start against um, a high-powered Notre Dame team, if you want to call him that. But Well, the hope is when we look in the, the larger scheme of the college football championship, Remember, you still have the possibility that Florida and Alabama will play and Notre Dame and Clemson will play. So it's still a hope that somebody gets knocked off to the point where uh, Ohio State can still stay in that position where they're right. going to still play for the national championship. One thing I was hoping that would happen, because uh, the Big Ten kind of did itself a disservice by um, regenerating the season so late. We kind of don't have any wiggle room to to reschedule and – uh, some of these postponed and canceled games, they didn't even give us the chance to possibly find our own game to play. Because I know there was one weekend where Alabama was off. We could have possibly scheduled them to play us. I know SEC teams would have uh, – fans of SEC would have loved to see that. I would have loved to see that. So, Well, it, even what we're looking at right now, the Big Ten Championship was scheduled for December 19th. Exactly. But even with that, Big Ten teams are still playing during that week. So it shouldn't be be a problem scheduling the game or getting uh, back into that Big Ten championship, regardless of how they decide to situate uh, the rest of the season. I mean, like I said, there's no wiggle room though. the 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 rule is you have to play at least six games. Now, the only addendum that is in place right now is that if the majority of teams don't reach that threshold, then they take the average amount of games played, and then they proceed but we're kind of cutting our own throat with Ohio State on a national landscape or the Big Ten on a national uh, uh, stage because we don't have the representation in, in the playoffs you know that hurts us recruiting wise it hurts us branding wise as a Big Ten who quite honestly we've looked horrible in the way we've handled COVID you know I, I understand games being canceled but you know, you put these parameters in place, you put these guidelines in place, and when they're met, um, we see now you're giving teams the chance to opt out of games just because you don't want a, another uh, 62-39 type of outcome. Michigan, khaki pants. Come on now. Well, this is also a special season. Everything is based on extenuating circumstances. I mean, you have to protect your teams. You have to protect your universities. You have to protect your students, which should be the first thing all the way around. So there's going to be circumstances that may play out. Protect them from a butt whooping? Because that was coming. I mean, I think that goes without saying this year. But like I said, with so much going on, with so much uncertainty concerning this virus, we still don't know. Um, and the up kick of things going around, I mean, it's still rising. It's going, still going on. So I think the protect, protection of the players, of the university, I think that's a good decision. But again, we would like to see football. I would like to see football. I would like to see Ohio State and Michigan because a lot of times you can throw the records out the window. Right. Uh, we're going to go at each other hard. Uh, it's right. going to be a hard-fought game, which the records don't always indicate. So I was looking forward to that as well. Even though Michigan is not playing well, has not played well all season, usually, again, you can throw the records out and you can have a hard-fought game. I was looking forward to seeing Harbaugh's face at – triple zeros when that, you know, the game is over and we're up by 50 points or in Ohio, Ohio State has hung 100 
points on, on Michigan for the first time in series history. I would have loved to see his face at the end of the game. Uh, I, for me, I think his tenure is just about up, and I think he may have dodged a bullet by not playing this game. He, he may have done his career um, a huge favor by not having this game played because, like you said, up until this point, he has never beaten Ohio State. He's looked embarrassed at times, um, and in the most recent games, he's just been blown out by not only by a new head coach in, in Ryan Day, but a perennial Hall of Famer um, in, on the college football landscape in Urban Meyer. So they thought they were getting a Michigan man. Um, in my eyes, they definitely got one because now they're all used to losing to Ohio State. The fan base of Michigan is just clamoring not to play this game as well, which is just disgusting from a fan point of view. So um, I'm I'm hugely disappointed um, that the Big Ten allowed Michigan to cancel this game. Um, I think Justin Fields would have thrown for over 300 yards, uh, at, accounted for at least five or six touchdowns. We would have seen the running game just have its way with, with, with Michigan's defense. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson would have uh, looked like Julio and, and Michael Thomas out there. Uh, our offensive line would have looked like just monsters that they are anyway, but, you know, it's on a greater scale when you're going against uh, your your rival, your historic rival. But again, I'm very, very disappointed to hear that the Big Ten is allowing this to happen. I, we knew this was going to happen. Uh, we even tried to pressure them weeks leading into the game. Um, I listened to a lot of analysts saying that, you know, this could have possibly been another out for them not to play the game. So this is – this been 3,300 days since Michigan has beat Ohio State. If you want to call it a rivalry at this point, if you don't want to call it a rivalry at this point, I don't care. I want to see the game played. So now I have to wait another 365 days to see uh, Ohio State play. And that'll be 10 years since Michigan has beat Ohio State in a game. Well, like you said, I agree. I think Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Ohio State is up. Um you can only go so long without beating Ohio State. Uh, the recruiting war that used to go on be, between Ohio State and Michigan is probably gone. Right. Uh, um, you see the level of talent that they're even getting in Michigan at this point. Uh, it's not standing up against the rest of the Big Ten, let alone Ohio State. Right. Uh, when you lose to teams uh, like Northwestern, Rutgers, Indiana, Michigan State on a regular basis, I mean, Michigan and Ohio State were supposed to be the class of the league going forward throughout, but Michigan has dropped off tremendously. So uh, I believe going forward, his, his time up is up at Michigan, rightfully so, because, again, he was going to take a thrashing from Ohio State this year and in the coming years because, again, we're going to, again, have a, another top-10 recruiting class at Ohio State. We're only reloading. We're not rebuilding. We're reloading. They're going to have to go through a rebuild. Yeah, so let, let, let's let me get into a, a little bit of recruiting, just uh, just to add some context to those comments from my pops. Um, right now, Ohio State is number two in recruiting for the twenty twenty one cycle, right behind Alabama. Um, we have some five star athletes coming in, um, and not to mention the class of twenty two has some five star athletes. We currently sit number one in the nation, not in the Big Ten in the nation as far as recruiting-wise. Uh, we have a, a huge commitment coming up on December 11th from a wide receiver out of uh, Washington by the name of uh, Emeka Ibuka. He's a, the number one wide receiver uh, in the country. 
Um, he's right now considering Oklahoma um, and mostly Oklahoma and Ohio State. I'm hoping his commitment kind of swings our way because, you know, we got some pretty big prospects already in the class with Kyle McCord, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, we got some other five-star athletes and some high four-star athletes. Um, so we got the number one running back in Travion Henderson out of Virginia. So like you said, the talent gap is only getting bigger um, in relations to the rest of the Big Ten. And for this week specifically, Michigan is not recruiting on the same level as Ohio State, let alone the rest of the conference. I think right now Penn State and, and Michigan uh, and uh, Wisconsin have sort of surpassed Michigan as, you know, the darlings of, of the Big Ten. And, you know, you can, whether you want to point that towards khaki pants or not, I think this was inevitable. Uh, Urban Meyer set a huge uh, standard uh, for winning throughout the program. Um, you know, we went through that dry period uh, after the firing of Jim Tressel. Um, we had a sort of a, a, a hiccup year where um, I can't uh, Luke Farrell. Uh, I think I can't Luke, not Luke Farrell. Luke, um, his name escapes me right now. The coach of Cincinnati right now. <laughs> his name escaped me, but he took over as interim head coach, uh, and we went six and six. And then the following year, when Urban Meyer took over. Had a, a undefeated, you know, team. That was one of my favorite teams. Um, one of my favorite players, uh, Urban uh, Braxton Miller, took over the quarterback position at that time, and he's been one of the most electrifying athletes I ever seen. So, up until then, you know, Michigan has hasn't had much to offer in this rivalry. So I'm just well, I'm gonna help my son out. It was Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle. Luke Farrell is the tight end. Currently for Ohio State, my apologies. So when we look at even the Big Ten with Ohio State in, what I always look at, yes, we are a part of the Big Ten, but our grand scheme is always to play for a national championship. Right. Even though um, sometimes we, we hit those teams like Wisconsin, who is usually always good. Uh, Northwestern has been up and coming. Uh, Indiana showed great promise this year till their quarterback went down with injury. Right. Uh, and usually Penn State or State Penn uh, uh, plays well. That's a rivalry game for us as well. But usually our scheme is not just to win the Big Ten. It's to play for the national championship. So teams like Michigan pose that uh, bump in the road possibly where they can hinder us from getting to that standard. So when we miss those games, we know it's going to be a hard fought. Some Most of that time, well-played game. Uh, based on turnovers, who's going to win, things like that, injuries. So this year, to miss that game, uh, uh, usually it's a, a telltale sign for us to see where we're at. Are we ready to win and play for a national championship? But with that being said, we were going to destroy them anyway, so it's gone amid right. COVID-19. Uh, I want everybody to stay healthy. That's the first goal for me whenever I watch these young men play is health. I want everybody to be healthy and to play at the highest level they can play at so we can see exactly what kind of talent each team has and it'd be a fair victory or a devastating loss, which it would have been for Michigan anyway. Yeah, so with that being said, what do you see going forward in the playoffs if Ohio State is not selected to be one of the Final Four teams? Do you have a Final Four right now that you could definitively say are the four best teams or the four most deserving teams to be in the playoff? So without – these other leagues, conference championships being played, 
before that takes place, I think they got it right right now uh, with the four that are up there. But if you exclude Ohio State, I think you're going to have to push Florida up there. Okay. So even though I don't think Florida is as good as any of those teams, I think you have to put them up there based on the way they have performed in the SEC. Um, but again, with their conference championships coming up, Alabama's going to play Florida. Notre Dame's going to play Clemson. So somebody's coming out of there with an L. Uh, hope, hopefully Clemson can knock Notre Dame off and Florida can knock off Alabama. That way the the landscape of college football will change to the point where Ohio State can still stay in that spot. Do you think this would have been a perfect year to expand the playoffs to possibly six or eight teams? Absolutely, because understandably so. You look at uh, the Pac-10. Some of those teams have only played three games, three right. or four games. So to punish them to the point where amidst all the COVID-19 things that are going on, it's, it's kind of a punishment. But also they understood going into the season, if you start your season at this time, you may not play enough games to show that you belong in the, the national championship. Look at teams like Coastal Carolina, undefeated. Uh, Cincinnati, undefeated. Uh, you still got like Alabama, uh, Notre Dame, those teams are still undefeated. So if they run the table, sometimes you got to say, well, just because they're not playing in an elite league doesn't mean that they can't compete for a national championship. Well, yeah, we've so, seen teams like App State uh, upset some of the, the – the, Michigan. The, yeah, <laughs> of recent. So, I <laughs> but, but, again, to say that, you have to give sometimes – expanding the playoffs I think will be a good idea to, so those teams can showcase whether or not they belong in the top elite. Right. So I, I think that would be a good idea or have, would have been a good idea to expand the playoff to include some of those teams so possibly a Cincinnati or a Coastal Carolina can sneak in there and uh, get the opportunity to play for a national championship. Right. I, I definitely think this year would have been a perfect year to, to at least try experimenting with a six to eight team uh, playoff, especially, you know, under the circumstances that these teams have to operate under. You, we put these protocols into place. Um, these teams and these leagues, these conferences have guidelines. You know, you play with a certain amount of, of uh, cases within your program. If it's over the threshold, you cancel the game. That's a, there should have been a, a, a conference, NCAA conference-wide guideline on playing games. It shouldn't have come down, me personally, it shouldn't have come down to the commissioners of each conference to, you know, police themselves. We should have had uh, a definite start to the college football season uh, uh, league-wide. That way, everybody is, is on an even playing field when it comes down to the last couple of weeks of the committee choosing the best four teams. Um, they could have factored in, well, hey, you guys didn't social distance enough to where you played an, uh, the necessary amount of games. That that would have been a negative. Uh and then games where we get to like Ohio State and Michigan, you didn't play your rival. You know, this is a huge week in college football. So these these a lot of these things would have been easier as far as the decision making that would have come when the committee was yet to make the decision. So Well, the big thing always is the eye test. So I'm I'm even looking at Ohio State. Throughout the season they've been up and down. So the eye test to me last week was a definitive win. Uh, they look good on both sides of the ball, even though they had some some turnovers that – I think last week was their best win of the season, to be honest. I mean, they played a, a tough 
Indiana team with Michael Penix, who's been on fire and unfortunately had to uh, had his season, you know, ended. That you know, so Michigan State isn't the best competition of the Big Ten, but under the circumstances that Ohio State was under, you know, having starters missing, having uh, about twenty something players gone from the program, not being able to practice and play for the weekend, not and not even get this, not even having their head coach. Having uh, legendary uh, Larry Johnson step in to be the the, uh, the temporary head coach. By the way, first head coach, first black head coach to win at Ohio State. I got to give him a round of applause for that. So, um, side note, that's the first time that's ever happened that a black coach has won at at Ohio State. I just wanted to give him that that praise really quickly. But under those circumstances, Ohio State came out with a huge victory. And I think the outcome would have been similar uh, to this week. But my final four teams, I have right now Alabama clear-cut number one. Um, regardless of, of games played, they just look flawless. Mac Jones uh, and, and Devontae Smith have possibly the best connection from a quarterback wide receiver perspective. And that running game with Najee Harris is just, just devastating. You know, when uh, Alabama gets that lead on you and they could just – rely on that front five to just sit on you and, and and it's almost impossible to come back. So, like you said, I'm very interested in seeing how Florida plays uh, Alabama. Um, we've already seen them destroy Georgia and and we, we got to see Notre Dame and, and Clemson again with Trevor Lawrence. I think that will be the deciding factor in the Final Four. I would have liked to see Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati in the in the playoffs as well. And again, that's if they play. That's if they play. I mean, going forward in the next couple of weeks, we don't know what what may happen. COVID nineteen might strike again, where these games are canceled. Then it's going to be again up to the committee to decide who has provided a strong enough resume to get into these four games. Yeah. So or two games going to the national championship. I said all we said all this to say. I am very disappointed this week. Um, I usually do a lot of sports betting uh, throughout the course of a week and on the weekend. Um, I don't know emotionally if I'll just recover from <laughs> not having this game played. I might just take the rest of the week off from work because uh, under these circumstances, I don't think my employees would want to work with me. <laughs> and I don't really want to talk to nobody right now. You know how I get when Ohio State uh, is, is like this. We don't. I don't get to see them play. So... Um, on to the next segment. This is what I want to talk to you about. We mentioned some of these guys, Mac Jones, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Um, who's your Heisman this year? Have you given it any thought? Not to the level where I have a definitive front runner. Um, there's been a lot of great performances. But the the thing that's going to really hinder my decision is some teams haven't played enough games. So, say, for example, Justin Fields has played five games. I mean, Mac Jones is, I think, what, they're 12-0, and 10-0, something to that point. Yeah. Uh, so his resume at this point is better than Justin Fields. I mean, you, you can say we can average it out, but this guy has produced on the field, like I said, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, uh, Alabama's top players. I mean, those guys are building resumes where you could say they deserve the Heisman this year. So it's kind of uh, hurting some of the players who might be deserving. Uh, so right now I don't have a clear-cut uh, front runner in my mind to say, 
well, this guy is should be uh, uh, the leader to win the Heisman. So I, I really don't have a definitive player okay. right now. Well, just to mention some of the guys that are um, being mentioned for the Heisman, like I said, you got uh, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, um, although he missed the game, the biggest game of the season for Clemson because I, I just believe the ACC is just not that good of a conference. It's very top-heavy. You got a couple good teams in Clemson and, and uh, North Carolina. Maybe you can name Virginia. Miami was uh, kind of a letdown this year for me. I thought they would be one of the teams to possibly challenge Clemson um, for the ACC title. Um, North Carolina with um, um, Sam Howell kind of underperformed for me as well because I picked them to actually unseat Clemson. I thought they had enough talent and were um, were tenured enough, and, and you know, with the the legendary coach they have um, to possibly unseat Clemson. But you know, they they ended up losing a couple games and. They've they haven't looked as good as I've liked. So, um, would you mark that against Trevor Lawrence not being able to play against Notre Dame? I know you just mentioned, um, you know, the the game gap, games played gap between some of these players. But is that a knock against him, or are you only judging them off the games they have played? You can only judge them off the games they have played um, because it wasn't his fault. I mean, he happened to contract so called COVID nineteen, so he had to sit out. Right. Um, so protocols were in place to protect him and the rest of the team. Um, I think you have to go on what he's done on the field, uh, and that's really all you can do. Well, I mean, well, so with that being said, like I said, um, my pick right now, if I just had to say, um, there's no clear-cut winner for me right now, but if I had to give it to somebody, it would be Kyle Trask from Florida. Uh, he's he's looked spectacular. He's played above my expectations. I feel like playing the quarterback position um, demands a lot, regardless of whatever school you go, you you go to. Florida's one of those schools where you're thrust into the limelight the minute you take over that quarterback role. So I hate that a lot of times the Heisman is often centered around quarterbacks because you have a lot of talented players. Um, we saw Chase Young last year. We've seen running backs um, in, in years past. Very rarely do we see uh, defensive players. We saw Ndamukong Su coming out of Nebraska one year. Um, but I don't think that this should be a quarterback award because there are some, some excellent football being played at other positions. But since these are the, the front runners for the award, I'm giving it to Kyle Trash right now. I think if he would have swapped roles with, with Mac Jones, uh, Alabama's offense may be even better because right now, he, right now he has a uh, uh, Van Jefferson. He's throwing to Kyle Pitts, who's the the top tight end uh, in college football right now. Um, he has tra- uh, Trayvon Grimes, who transferred from Ohio State. Um, he has some running backs, uh, really a running game that is has been non-existent over the past couple of games. So that a look ahead to a possible Florida-Alabama uh, game. I think that will be the one key as to why Florida won't beat Alabama. But if Kyle Trask can find a, if he can find a way uh, to command that Florida offense against Alabama, I'm giving it to him right now. So he will be my, my front runner to win it. Um, Justin Fields just hasn't played enough. He has shown huge bright spots in the games he has played. 
but he just hasn't played enough games, and that's mm-hmm. no fault of his own. Right. I know we just said we're judging the games that they have played. Right. But you know, sample size is everything right now in COVID season. So um, Kyle Trash would be my front runner. Right. 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 That's a good pick. I mean, still look at these running backs: Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. What about the young man from Buffalo who exploded for these three hundred games, eight touchdowns? 300 yards. Yeah, 300 yards, eight <laughs> touchdowns Yeah, in one game. I mean, it's one game, but you build resumes like that by having games right. like that. Even though he's from a smaller conference, the MAC conference, I mean, still, performances like that got to thrust you into the spotlight, into some kind of consideration for uh, a trophy that's supposed to be for the best player in the league in right. the land. So, it, it's, like I said, there's no clear-cut favorite to me right now because um, the landscape of college football – has shifted with this COVID-19 where some teams – look at USC. They played three games this year. Yep. Uh, so you never know. Some teams in the Pac-10, somebody might have emerged from that league as a Heisman Trophy favorite. The SEC, fortunately, have been able to play uh, upwards of nine or ten games. With well, we live in SEC country, so we pretty much knew that they were going to have football at some point throughout the course of the year. You know, football is, is – you know, they live or die by football in SEC country. So we knew that was going to happen. But like you said, the Pac-10 starting so late, you know, them having games canceled as well, it's, it's kind of done a disservice to these players, especially the guys that came back um, to, to play their, their senior or junior season and they could have went to the league. Um, and then also for those incoming guys, that this being their freshman year, not being able to see a full season, um, the NCAA kind of did, you know, Extended uh, uh, a courtesy by letting this year be a, a temporary year, so you can come back uh, if you wanted to. It won't count against your your eligibility. I, I kind of like that, but still, uh, for the guys that were trying to build resumes to, you know, further their stock in the NFL draft, this has just been um, overall a dumpster fire as far as college football as as, as far as I'm concerned. So. Um, I think the next couple of weeks are, are very pertinent into the landscape of college football. I think uh, the NCAA had a chance to uh, uh, experiment and, and make the playoff uh, situation just a little bit better by adding a couple more teams. Like I said, extending that olive branch to Cincinnati, to Coastal Carolina, um, even the teams like, like Florida and Texas A&M who – have one blemish on their record, but have played outstanding uh, amidst the circumstances that everybody has been presented with. So, um, got any, anything else to add? No. Nope. Only problem with that, like you said, Texas A&M, Florida, all those guys in the SEC. Right. They got to go through Alabama. Yeah. So, the only problem with that is you can only have one SEC champion. Uh, it would be nice if Florida could beat Alabama. That way you can kind of jingle or uh, uh, put a – uh, an asterisk on who's going to make it into the playoffs. Again, that eye test is going to always play in Alabama's flavor because they always uh, play at a high level. Hopefully that'll keep Ohio State in there. Yeah. Um, even though they're only 5-0, and the eye test, hopefully again, Florida knocks off Alabama, Clemson knocks off Notre Dame, so them top teams won't be undefeated but Ohio State. Well, and since you just mentioned that, I think if Florida beats Alabama, that may knock us out. Look, think about it. The committee's not going to leave a one-loss 
uh, Alabama team out of the playoffs. I get it. They lost in the SEC championship, but you lost in the SEC championship. <laughs> you don't think Clemson beating Notre Dame is going to knock one of them out? Not necessarily. Um, so the committee has a huge decision to make. Do you go with the undefeated team who hasn't played a lot of games, or do you go with the teams that are highly ranked that you you know put or even ranked? Notre Dame beating Clemson again? That knocks well, Clemson solve, out. That'll solve everything then. But I, I seriously doubt that that'll happen. Ian Book is playing exceptionally well. That Notre Dame defense is uh, one of the best in the country. But I seriously doubt they beat Clemson again. That was a you can possibly put an asterisk by that win for Notre Dame. Not taking anything away because talent for talent, Clemson is supposed to beat Notre Dame with or without Trevor Lawrence. But obviously, uh, he's a huge part of their offense. Um, I don't think they'll beat them again. So if if things were to go on today, I got Alabama number one, Notre Dame number two, Ohio State number three, Clemson four. I'm going to put Florida at number five, Texas A&M number six. I want to move up Cincinnati. Uh, to, I think they were, at, they were lower, lower than that, but I'm putting Cincinnati at uh, number seven. And I'm going to move Coastal Carolina into the top ten. They deserve to be there. Um, they had that game against BYU. Um, they, they beat Zach Wilson, who's also – another Heisman candidate. So they, they've showed enough. they played enough games. Let them play. Let them settle it on the field. If we're not able to play, I want the most deserving team to take our spot because I feel like we would have definitely challenged for a national championship. So um, we didn't want to take up too much of your time today, guys. Uh, I had a short episode. I wanted to get the video out for, for this week with it being game week. Um, so we won't get to see that game, unfortunately, like I've been saying. So when you see me, if you see me on social media, if you see me out in public, you know, pick me up because I'm, I'm, I'm hurting right now. <laughs> My world revolves around Ohio State <laughs> football being played. <laughs> uh, Dad, tell them, how, tell them how much of a, a fan I am. I don't think the people outside of this house understand how much of a fan I am. The young man was born in Ohio, uh, but since we've been living here in Georgia, all he's ever talked about is Ohio State since he was a young kid. Uh, even when he was old enough to pay his own way to fly up to an Ohio State game, he did that. Uh, always Ohio State memorabilia, that's all he wants for uh, any kind of gift, any kind of present. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at him with Ohio State jersey on right now with uh, red and black on. So Yeah. Uh, a huge Ohio State fan, um, but we do respect uh, all the top leagues, all the top teams, but definitely a huge Ohio State fan. Uh, historian of, of the Ohio State program, uh, probably knows every name on the Ohio State roster uh, and all the recruits coming in. I, I can run down a list right now if you want me to. <laughs> uh, a quarterback position, Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, Jack Mill. Uh, no, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you'll know those game, those names coming soon. Those will be Heisman candidates coming pretty soon. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. And yeah, it's been a, been a crazy week. You guys stay safe out there. Um, continue to remain socially distanced and uh, health is wealth. So this, I'm I'm Dion Junior signing off, and I got my co-host. Peace out. This is Dion C. All right, guys. <laughs>